You are listening to the Movie Cheer Podcast. The best place for movie topics and blockbuster discussions. Welcome to Movie Cheer Town. Now everyone, it's time to spread a bit of movie cheer. Movies, pretty movies. <laughs> Welcome to the Movie Cheer Podcast Halloween Special 2023. I am your host, the ghoulish mean cheer. <laughs> that is right. Mr. Movie Cheer has given me the spotlight again this year. Last year I took hold. I was the host for the show. And this year I am back to bring and wreak havoc to Movie Cheer Town. <laughs> but Before we go on with this Halloween special, I must, first of all, go to my podcasting voice. So I have now here, this year, an elixir. This red juice, this red potion will give me the podcast voice. The podcast voice for the rest of the show. That's better. That's much better. Hello, ladies and gents. Hi, and welcome to the Movie Cheer Pod Halloween Special 2023. Yes, I am the ghoulish mean cheer. I am not Mr. Movie Cheer. Movie Cheer has let me take the reins again this year for another Halloween special, and I am very, um, very much looking forward to this. There is a few differences between me and Mr. Movie Cheer. If you're a regular viewer, uh, you will know Mr. Movie Cheer was a cap. Uh, Mr. Movie Cheer does not wear a mask, and Mr. Movie Cheer is not as much handsome as I am. I am the most handsome man in Movie Cheer Town. I am the most devilish man in Movie Cheer Town, and I know the most about movies in Movie Cheer Town. And today, I am going to share with you some Halloween movies, some horror movies as well in Movie Cheer Town for the Halloween special. I've got four movies to discuss today, ladies and gents, uh, on today's headline topic of uh, Halloween movies. Four Halloween movies for this time of year to to deep dive into, and I'm very much looking forward to it. And I hope ho- I hope if um, you know all being well, the mask doesn't fall off and the hat doesn't fall off as well, because it is massively uncomfortable, <laughs> very very uncomfortable wearing this. Um, but I am mean cheer. And I like to be mean to others, to myself. And again, I'm not movie cheer. Our opinions differ. Whereas movie cheer is a bit more humble, a bit more kind about movies. Mean cheer, you know, the reins are off with mean cheer. With me, mean cheer, I I will just say if a movie is bad, it is garbage. It is, I I won't even just say I'm free. I'm going to say every single movie. You know what I mean? I'm going to go all out. It's... The reins are off. The swear jar might even come out on today's show. I'm just saying. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a fun, terrifying Halloween special, and I'm very much looking forward to it. So before we get to that headline topic of Halloween movies on today's show, we are going to start the show off with a segment, I believe Mr. Movie Cheer calls, What's Been on the Screen? Ooh, what? 
spin on the screen. What's been on the screen? What have I been watching over this past week in my spooky parlour of Movie Gear Town? Well, uh, I have watched a movie that I've seen briefly before, and maybe I don't know whether I have discussed it on the well, whether Movie Cheers discussed it on the podcast before, but Hot Tub Time Machine, 2010 release, Hot Tub Time Machine is a comedy. Um, this this movie stars uh, John Cusack uh, among other comedians and comedy actors as well thrown in there with him. Uh, I wouldn't say John uh, Cusack is particularly a comedy actor per se. Uh, I'm I'm totally honest, I've not watched a ton of uh, John Cusack movies, um, but the movies I have watched of him recently, I'm I'm kind of like impressed of it as him, uh, of him as an actor. I've seen him in like Connor recently. I've seen a few like High Fidelity. I've seen that years ago Um, and Hot Tub Time Machine. I think he's kind of like a very underrated actor i think he's he's one of those actors where i think you know what, i'm gonna get into him a bit more a bit more in, in this but hot tub time machine it's a comedy four guys uh four friends uh go back in time they go into a hot tub and then it t- transforms them back to the 80s and they have to kind of do the same events they did on this night back in in the ni- 1985 whatever it is at this hotel and they must not like destroy the timeline and do things different and you know different things go on in this I, I must say first of all it is a movie that I've watched I, I do like comedies this is one that really just made me you know absolute like, tears laughing some moments in this mo- movie yeah, when they're reliving the the moments these like 40 50 year old guys going back and they they go back in time and they they become their younger selves and everyone else sees them as their younger selves so they're doing all these antics that they got, they got up to when they were younger but honestly there's so many great scenes in this where i'm just absolutely i was just you know, burst out laughing just out of fits of laughter it was it was so funny uh watching this movie i really enjoyed it and um, so yeah, hot sub time machine. But getting back to to John Cusack, um, I I think he's a very underrated talent in a way, and I think it, it's a shame that he he didn't. I mean, you know, I maybe this is on me as a as a viewer of movies, but I think now if you know people actors like him, it's like if he if he's not been in like a big franchise like a Star Wars and MCU, I kind of feel like they've just not went up to that extra tier of acting level and that's on me really and he is a talented actor but i just think because he's not been in them sort of like super big blockbuster movies i don't think he's like for me i feel like he's just not made that step into like blockbuster blockbuster level acting talent um john Cusack. and i think it's a shame because i look at him and i think he could have easily been like a a tony stark in the mcu or uh, you know he could be one of those leading guys he really is a, a, a very good talented actor and I think, you know, he's still, he's still only like a young guy. He's probably only late in his 50s. So he's, he's you know, I, 50s is relative. I think it's pretty young nowadays, 50s, even 60s. Um, he could still do something like an AMCU or Star Wars. Um, I, I, I think he's talented enough to do it. And I, I'd love to see him in, in one of these big franchises at some point. I think he's a really cool actor. Um, 
let's go back to this movie though. Hot Tub Time Machine. One of the really fun moments in this movie is it's like a running gag throughout. So you have Crispin Glover who played uh, Mike McFly's George McFly in Bats of the Future in the first Bats of the Future, and then he obviously got. He left the franchise after that. I think there was some that went on, some controversy that I don't have a clue about. <laughs> but he features in this throughout the movie, and he's like this, um, this uh, what is he like a the person who brings up your your luggage when you get to a hotel, and he takes it to the room. And they first arrive at this hotel in present present day, and he's got no arm. And then they go back in time. The guy's got an he's got two arms, and he's like more friendly than he was in the future. And you see this like running gaff throughout the movie, like when's he gonna lose the arm? And you see him like he's in a lift where he think they think he's gonna like get his arm caught in a lift, and then there's like other moments where he's like falling, like he, he goes to grab them off a building and they think, oh, this is it. And there's tons of moments like, oh, this is it. And and it's a running gag throughout the movie, and then you see in the end he does eventually lose the arm, but the <laughs> things happen where it potentially changes the ultimate outcome of it. But I, I think that's another running gag. But honestly, this movie is... I know it's had a sequel, and I don't think the sequel did that well. I'm actually interested to see the sequel. It doesn't star John Cusack in the sequel, though, um, which is a shame. But I, I'd be interested to see it. But I, I do think it is like a, a really fun time travel movie, just, again, and just an all-out laugh comedy. Just the moments in this movie are, are very funny. And I think, you know, the actors in it are relatively well-known, but, like, not super... Like it's not like a star-studded cast, I'd say. It's like kind of like the more like your B-list comedy actors, uh, but I think it w- really works really well. And you've got Chevy Chase in there. He plays a sort of like timekeeper, time guide throughout the throughout the movie. He's like fixing the hot tub and he's like giving them um, sort of like direction and what to do next in this movie. So you've got Chevy Chase in there as well, which is really cool. But yeah, really a uh, fun movie to watch. I, and and yeah, I really did enjoy it. And it's, it's yeah, as mean cheer, I, I, I would have loved to tear this movie apart, but it is a fun movie and uh, not particularly a Halloween movie, but definitely a fun comedy. Uh, next, I moved to a 1999 movie called Office Space. Now this one has been, I've heard about this talk for years and I, I think maybe I've attempted watching this before and I didn't think much of it but I did I watched it all uh, 1999 release directed and written by Mike Judge who people would maybe know that name he is the writer and um, like co-creator well he was the writer I think he was the creator of Beavers and Butthead the cartoon from like the 90s and he was the co-creator of King of the Hill uh, so he, he wrote and directed this and he actually stars in this in like a small role but basically, the premise of the story is you, you've got in this. Well, you've got in the first of all actors in it. You've got Ron Ron Livingston and Jennifer Jennifer Aniston in this movie. Um, it's kind of I, to me, this has been described as like a cult classic movie. This movie, and I thought, let's give it a shot. Let's see what this movie is all about. I, I, I watch it, and I'm, I'm watching it. The premise of the story is like these. Three guys, Ron Livingston's character and two other guys, they work in this office, this mundane office cubicle job. And day to day, they're just absolutely bored with the boss. The boss is always on the back. And they basically, Ron Livingston's character, he goes to uh, a hypnotherapist. And the hypnotherapist does this thing where he says, like, you will you'll be really happy and uplifted in everything you do. And until the point you, I click my fingers, and basically the guy has a heart attack and dies before he clicks his fingers. And then Ron, Ron Livingston's character has this like sort of like everlasting happiness, and he's just overjoyed and not bothered about anything. 
And he goes into, like, he stops going into work and then he goes in and he just basically tells these guys who are cutting jobs that, you know, the place is, is a mess and they absolutely love him. They love his honesty because he sort of says the bosses are always on his back and there's like too many bosses doing too many different things. And he gets promoted even though he comes in and he's just like basically just like comes in and just literally throws a sledgehammer basically on management in the in the place he works at but they promote him because they admire his honesty and his sort of like gung-ho attitude and um basically then he finds out his friends are going to get fired and they come up with this plan to uh, take money out of the business without the business knowing and they they mess up the plan and then and they want to say like pennies basically small amounts over a, a period of two three two to three years and they end up taking out hundreds of thousands of pounds dead quickly and then the plot ends i mean spoilers for this movie it's a 99 movie so it's over 20 years now it ends with one of the other characters in in the plot who is getting fired he just burns the office down and it burns all evidence of you know the money being taken and that is the end of the movie and i'm watching it, i'm thinking it's okay but i'm like how is this a cult classic i i personally don't think this is a a cult classic movie. I, I thought it was really a decent watch at best. Um, look, the premise, you know, I, I, I get like there's some funny moments, I suppose, in there, but I don't think it's like a laughable like comedy. I don't think it's a comedy where you'd be like, Office Space is really, you know, an all-out comedy. It's not like a dumb and dumber. Even compared, it's like Hot Tub Time Machine. Totally different feel to it. And it is, you know, very much like, I'd say, like a dark comedy, this movie. I suppose maybe it's something where you have to watch it a few times to like appreciate the uh, the excellence of it, if there is any excellence there. But I, I couldn't really get into it, and I couldn't really... I thought to myself, this is just... So this is the outcome, this is the end of the movie, that's it. And I'm like, wow, that this movie has done absolutely nothing. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad I watched it, because now I can kind of like throw my opinion out there to say... Yeah, I don't think it's the world's worst movie, but I don't. I I think it's just a a subpar movie, Office Space. I, I don't think it's a cult classic personally. I think it's just. I don't know. Maybe there's a lot of nostalgia around this with Mike Judge, you know, people who enjoyed his cartoons back in the day, and maybe a lot of people have nostalgia for some reason for this movie. I mean, let me know if you have nostalgia, you enjoyed this, you think it's a cult classic. Really do. Uh, let me know your thoughts on this. Uh, but yeah, for me, it just didn't do it for me personally. But anyway, that's what's been on the screen for me this past week. Now let's move on to today's headline topic. The Movie Cheer Podcast presents The Headline Topic for the episode. Remember to spread a head, bit head, of Headline cheer. Topic. Head, head, head. Remember to spread a bit of movie cheer. So today's headline topic, Halloween movies for the Halloween special 2023. I have four movies to discuss, ladies and gents. Let's get to them. So first of all, I'm going to start off with a 1980 movie, an adaption of Stephen King, of a Stephen King novel. And that movie is The Shining, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Um, 
First time watch of the, the Shining. I am not a big horror guy. The same as Movie Chip. Me and Movie Chip, we're actually that fond of uh, horror movies. Uh, we have that's something we have in common. Um, sometimes I do like a good horror though. It, it depends on the horror movie. But uh, this stars Jack Nicholson as Jack. How original he takes his own name, and Shelley Devell as his wife Wendy. Now I'm gonna go because this is a movie that I know some people still haven't watched, and then. I'm going to say some spoilers for this movie ahead of it. Um, so you've not seen The Shining still, uh, you know, I'm going to mention a few spoilers and so maybe skip five minutes ahead. So I, I was told years ago, kind of like, I had an idea of what this plot was, but then I'm watching it and I'm like, I, I honestly don't understand this movie. I was told years ago that all the movie was, all to, it's all in the the kid's head, the young lad, Danny. So they visit the hotel and he's sort of like, Jack Nicholson's character is managing the hotel for five months as like a caretaker while all the staff head away back to home. And then they re- he's told prior to getting this job that the last caretaker killed himself and his family. He goes to this hotel and then he starts going crazy throughout the movie and then he's he's going insane. He, he He's this aspiring writer, but he's just, by the end of the movie, he's got his... He's axe, he's smashing in the door, and he's saying to his wife, Here's Johnny! <laughs> and uh, he, he's trying to kill his wife and his, and his son. Uh, he's, the son and the mother end up getting away in the end. But I, at no point at the end of this movie were you, are you like, Oh yeah, the reveal that it's in the son's head. And then they do a sequel years later with Hugh McGregor. Recently there was a sequel novel in 2013, and then they had a film come out around that time called Dr. Sleep, and this is showing an adult Danny, and so the story's obviously followed on, so, and it's remembering his events from this hotel, so I think I was mistold the uh, the plot of this movie, but I've read online a few theories that there's a theory with this movie, a big theory, that all the, half halfway through the movie, if you watch it, there's a scene where his wife Wendy goes up to Jack character, and he's writing, and he has a big go at her, because she disturbs him while he's writing his, his, his sort of like his, uh, his new book or whatever, his new screenplay. And if you look in the background, the furniture changes. So there's like a churn in the background, one scene, and it vanishes suddenly, and then it returns. And it seems like it would be such a, a weird thing for the director to do, to change the chur for a set scene. And the theory online is that at that point in the movie, something changes with his wife, Shelley DeVell's character, Wendy, where she then imagines the rest of the story, or she imagines certain parts of this story moving forward. In, in like her, it's all in her head, basically. She has like a breakdown of some sort. And I thought that was quite kind of like interesting. I think this movie is one of those where there's so many theories to what is actually going on. And maybe the sequel novel, Doctor Sleep, in the movie clarifies a bit more of that. Uh, if you know a bit more than, than myself, let me know. But I'll be honest, I regret watching this before going to bed last night because I, I, I was... It, there's some scene, I don't think it's horrific gore-wise, but there is some scenes in it, like that woman getting out of the bath scene. <laughs> that scared me. <laughs> she gets out of the back bath as a young... young um, woman and then she starts uh you know kissing jack's character and then she turns into like this zombie looking woman like she grows into like this hundred year old woman who's got like 
all our bodies all decayed and stuff and it's that was like oh that that is horrible that really oh made me cringe a bit that one uh well you know you know what um i'm glad i watched it now i don't think this is a movie i would personally watch again um watching it though like i agree with that theory of his wife maybe she and like something goes on with her and then she imagines the rest of the stuff because i don't get it because it's like at the end of the movie as well, it shows Jack, his character, Jack Nicholson's character, was the caretaker there in from nineteen twenty one. So is Danny, is it is it Danny is imagining his dad or, or as it, it's such a weird story. I, I honestly can't really get my head around it. I'd love to. Well, I want, I'm going to read into this more and read a few more theories and sort of um, sort of reveals of that ending and what people actually do think. It'd be interesting to find out what Stephen King his actual thoughts on what the ending is and what the whole story is about because it is a very very interesting story not one to watch again but very i'm very much glad i've watched it because it is deemed as like a horror classic the shining and it's one i've had in my list of movies to watch for quite some time and i thought i'd give it a watch um this past week uh next we move on to oh, this is going to be controversial <laughs> this is a controversial movie uh ghostbusters the 2016 female-led Ghostbusters. Not the original or the second one or the new reboot. The reboot of 2016, uh, Paul, Paul Feig, or Paul Feig directed movie. Um, this is the female, whatever you want to call it, the gender swap Ghostbusters, the female-led Ghostbusters. Uh, this is a movie, first time watch for me, I... Look, I will say, first of all, I am not the biggest Ghostbusters fan. I don't mind the movies, but I would I say I'm like a hardcore Ghostbusters fan? Not at all. I, I, I didn't really grow up. I watched them as a kid, but I wasn't like one where they were movies that I grew up with watching regularly. Um, for me, it was... I, I always say like Men in Black was kind of like my movie in that sort of genre of uh, like sci-fi sort of movies that I watched. Um, Ghost, Men in Black is kind of like my Ghostbusters in a way. And... Um, yeah, I, I do like the original, like the two, but they don't. There's not like that fan um, frenzy for me for these movies. I, I know a lot of people do love them, and you know they have a, a lot of um, you know big community of fans who adore their movies, especially with the likes of Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd in there as well. Uh, but this one is it was very controversial. It made a decent amount of money, but it didn't. It, I remember the uproar when it came out. People just didn't like this movie at all. Um, so I watched it and I went into it with just, you know, let's make my own opinion of this. And I've, I've got to say, as a, someone, as I said, who doesn't really have that that love and affiliation for the original movies, I very much thought it was a decent movie. I, I don't think it was, uh, a, a, you know, one of the best movies of all time, but equally, I don't think the, the original ones are. Um, I would put them on, I would put it on par with, I think the first one is most certainly the best. I think the the new Afterlife one is really good. Um, I'd probably put this on par with the second Ghostbusters personally. I don't think it was it was awful like the Ghostbusters two. I think it was just a, a decent movie, and I I think it's a shame because I think a lot of people will be put off by all of the bad press it got and negativity at the time. People just won't give it a chance. Uh, I thought I'd give it a chance because it's Halloween. I thought let's let's give it a shot, watch it. It was on streaming, um, give it a watch. And I thought it was a really fun movie. It's set in a different universe to the original movies, so 
Ghostbusters don't exist. And it's kind of very much a similar story. Scientists, they, you know, embark, they find ghosts, and then they, they start the Ghostbusters, and then they have to take down this big evil um, ghost at the end of the movie and save New York. And very, very much the similar story. Uh, you do have a few cameos from the original characters in this. So Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, all the original cast, Ernie Hudson, all of them feature in this in this in this movie in cameos, but they play completely different uh, characters from the original movies. For instance, uh, Bill Murray's character plays this character called Martin. What's his name? It's a uh, got this mask on. I can't see. Sort of <laughs> Martin Heiss, who is a paranormal debunker, and his character is only in it for maybe a couple of minutes. And he's debunking the Ghostbusters. He he doesn't believe in ghosts, and that's his job. And very different role, like Dan Aykroyd's character, he plays a taxi driver. So it's it's a very, you know, Sigourney Weaver, she plays a mentor of one of the characters at the end of the movie. Again, very brief scenes these characters are in. Uh, but what is interesting at the end of the movie, in a post credit scene, um, they're in the sort of like the, the place of work. They've got the fire station at the end of the movie they end up getting the fire station from the original movie and they're in the the fire station and basically they listen to this audio recording and one of the characters takes off the headphones and she says what who's zool or what's zool and obviously zool the the villain from the first ghostbusters movie and it's it's like they have either connected to the original Ghostbusters universe, that it's like a parallel universe, or maybe Zool was planned as the villain for a sequel that never happened with this this version, this reboot of Ghostbusters. Uh, it would have been, you know, it's it brings up the question, were they planning for a sequel to maybe go into the, a different universe, into the original universe, and team up with the original Ghostbusters? I personally think that would have been really cool to see in a sequel, and I, I bet that was probably the plan. Or maybe the original Ghostbusters come into their universe to help them or something like that. Um, something like that would have been really fun to see on screen, I think. Uh, but yeah, I think it's... I, I get why people don't like it. Because, uh, you know, as someone who enjoys, you know, as my favourite fandoms... Look, I, I remember, like, the... It's, it's kind of like Star Wars. And, you know, Star Wars, everyone loves the original trilogies and then... Some people don't like the prequels. Some people don't like the sequels. They don't like certain characters. Um, I get it because people hold a certain movie to a certain point in time. They hold the nostalgia. They love those movies. And when it's not the way they remember and it's different than what they remember, but it's still got the same name tag on it, people then kind of go, you know, they get the pitchforks out. <laughs> and I, I get it. I, I, I get it. Uh, but I think sometimes you've got to really give a movie a chance. And it's a shame that people didn't give it a chance. Uh, look, I, I, I didn't watch it just because I had no interest to watch this. Uh, look, I, I watched the new Ghostbusters, but I didn't watch it at the cinema. It's just not a movie I'd go out my way to watch straight away. But yeah, I finally watched it 2016, a few years later after it came out. But I think it's a fun movie. I think it's definitely more so than the likes of The Shining, a really good Halloween movie, a good movie for this time of year. Family-friendly movie, definitely not like The Shining. So I, I'd definitely check out Ghostbusters 2016. Um, go into it with open eyes, open ears, and just enjoy it for what it is and don't compare it to what the original Ghostbusters was. I think that's the best way to approach this movie in particular. Uh, next up, I'm going to do kind of a bit of a double feature here. So let's, I'm going to talk about uh, one movie and I'm going to talk about the sequel to it. So first off, Hocus Pocus. 1993 movie and it had a sequel in 2022 Hocus Pocus 2 
Uh, let's talk about both of these movies. So, Hocus Pocus, the original, I've never watched these movies before. I do have a recollection of kind of like watching Hocus Pocus as a kid, maybe bits of it, but I can't, I couldn't remember it. Um, basically, the story is the Sanderson sisters, who are these three witches uh, led by Bette Midler. Uh, they're basically the witches in the 1600s. They turn this young boy into a cat and he'll live forever. And they basically um kill his sister basically turn her into like a a ghost a spirit like and they are then hung you know this is a disney movie they don't they show bits of any it's kind of like a bit uh like you think for a disney movie this is a bit weird but 1993 then they're from the 1600s they are it goes to the 1993 to the future into the future into present day of 1993 when that movie came out and basically the house now is just like this old relic house this old like haunted mansion in i was gonna say movie chair town in salem um salem is known for its like witch trials it's known for its sort of like halloween-esque uh feel i i i'll be honest i'm not gonna say i'm a historian of salem I, I it's something i've heard mentioned in tv shows and movies over the years salem is a very much like a halloween haunted town where witch trials used to take place um basically this young lad young character moves to the town and he lights this candle that brings them back to life. And then they try and steal his sister and basically try to, you know, get her essence, her beauty. So basically they try and get the a young child. They try and get this young girl in the at the start of the movie. And they get her. And they try, if they can get the, eat, if they can eat the soul or eat this young girl, they get everlasting life. Uh, if they don't do it by... Some sunlight, they end up going disappearing for good. Uh, basically, spoilers for the end of the movie: they don't. It doesn't happen. They don't end up getting the young girl. Mister Binks, the cat, ends up becoming free again. He becomes a, a human spirit, and he, him and his sister go off into the into the distance. You know, into in wherever they go to heaven, he, heaven, a happy place, wherever you want to call it. And it's a happy ending. And I will say, let's talk about this movie. I thought it was a really fun movie. Um, I loved the some of the songs in it were Bette Midler and the other witches are singing like I put a spell on you. I thought it was really fun. It's a goofy movie for Halloween. It is, you know, it really is a Halloween movie. Talking about, I feel like we went on like a, a spectrum of where Halloween movies go. We went horror to pure Halloween movies. Hocus Pocus is is a fun Halloween movie for all the family and it's uh, something I really did enjoy watching and something I'm definitely going to put into my, um, you know, into a slot of movies that I watch every year now at Halloween. I think it's really fun. Uh, the sequel is, is I wouldn't say the sequel is just as good as the, just as good as the original. I think it is, you know, a decent movie though. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's, it's definitely a, a decent sequel. Because sequels are hard to do. Sequels are hard to do, and especially 30 years later, to do a sequel, it is tough. Sequel is set in present day, and basically they come back again, these young girls who who dabble in witchcraft, light this candle. That basically, they're, they're, <laughs> if a virgin lights this candle, they come back on a full moon on Halloween. This young, these young girls... These young girls who do witchcraft, they light the candle, they come back. The house is now a tourist attraction led by this guy, I think his name's Gilbert, who's a kind of a very funny character throughout, and he's sort of like, you think he's working with the witches, but then in the end, you realise he, he, you know, he wants to get rid of them as well. Um, Doug Jones' character 
of Billy Butcherson is a really fun character throughout both movies. He's a zombie who was <laughs> Bette Midler's character. Uh, her character basically says it, it was she was he was her boyfriend, and she then ends up like nailing his mouth shut. And you see in the first movie, he, he gets this knife. He comes back to life as this zombie character, and then he, he's like he despises the witches, and he ends up helping the um the other characters in the movie but yeah the second one is i think it's a fun movie as well i think the highlight for me i thought the young actresses at the start of me because it kind of tells the origin of the sanderson sisters it shows them as young girls and i thought the the at this very start of the movie we see in the town in salem where they get banished from the town and they're like they must be played by like 10 year old actresses and i thought they were really great the actresses because they really embodied the characters made famous by like Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker. They, I thought they were really talented. I thought they, I was watching the, these young actresses. I thought they really got it spot on. The impersonations, the, the way they act as them characters. I thought it was really fun to see. And I like that little origin story. Um, now there is, there is talk about Hocus Pocus three. Um, would I like to see that? Would it be something I'd be interested in, in seeing? Would it be a good idea? I think the way it ends, because it ends on with Bette Midler's character, she kind of comes good in the end because she wants all the power, but she realizes that in this you know, book of spells, she does its power to become like the almighty witch. But to do that, there is a warning on it that you must lose what you most love, what is most precious to you. And her two sisters vanish and then she gives up the power and then she disappears. And kind of like it's a turn to good moment where she becomes like this good character in a way. I think if you do a Hocus Pocus 3, you can't have them as villains. I think you've got to make them a bit more good characters from that ending, really. I think that's the only way you can play it. Have them taking on some even more evil witches or something like that. Because they, they're not like nasty characters. It's, like, it's, it's a goofy movie. You see it throughout. They're very silly. They're singing. They're doing you know, musical numbers throughout the movie. So yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see uh, Hocus Pocus 3. I think it'd be fun to see. And I, I hope we do end up seeing it at some point in the future. Uh, but that's what I've got, my selection of Halloween movies for today's Halloween special. Uh, I hope you enjoyed these movies. Maybe these are some you've not watched before or some you have watched before. Let me know your thoughts on these movies uh, that I've went through today on the Halloween special. Now let's move on with the next segment of today's show. Case covers take on other case covers. Can you handle that case? Case cover collision. Each and every week, Mr. Movie Chair chooses different a different movie and looks at the different case covers for that movie and puts them up against each other on case cover collision to find out which one is the best. Now, today on the show, I am looking at Indiana Jones Dial of the uh, Dial of Destiny, the latest installment in the Indiana Jones franchise. Uh, this is a movie I have not watched as of yet, and I know Movie Cheer hasn't watched it as well. Uh, but I will say I'm a big fan of the Indiana Jones franchise, a franchise I really do enjoy watching. Uh, one over the years that I've just grown more and more fond of. And I'm looking forward to watching this. I didn't watch it on the big screen, but I will be watching it once it is available. Uh, but we've got three case covers. We've got the, I think, the Blu-ray, the 4K, 
and a 4K Steelbook here to look at today. So let's have a look. And I must say there's no, at the moment, it's moment in time, there's no HMV or Zavi exclusives for this one. But let's have a look at it. Let's see. So first of all, we have the standard Blu-ray, which is very similar to the DVD cover, I must say. That's why I've only chosen one. Uh, so here on this cover, you've got Indiana Jones, kind of like his head down. He's like the front and center of this cover. Uh, you kind of don't see, because it's like a shadow over his eyes. He's kind of looking down, but he's got the famous, you know, he's got his whip out. He's got his, his hat on, his jacket, uh, the classic Indiana Jones text under that in a big large font in a yellowy orange gradient uh, below that you've got all the different su supporting characters in this movie supporting characters Mads Mikkelsen's in there um, I forget the other people um, you've got Zorro Zorro's in there as well I forget <laughs> Zorro I can't I can't remember the actor's name um, but you've got the background it's kind of like an ancient it looks like a dial of some so it must be this dial it's a time travel device of some sort this dial of destiny it's a big shining light behind Indiana Jones here. And you see like this sort of like the, this dial it looks like. And it looks very, you know, a lot like a lot of the Indiana Jones case covers over time. It looks very like um, sandy colors in there. It looks a very like ancient Egypt sort of feel to the covers in a way. Um, like sort of like paper that has been worn out. And so I got the DVD collection there. And it's very, all the Indiana Jones covers are very similar in the color scheme, in the colors they use, the the sort of like scription paper they use in the background and stuff like that. Very similar feel to most of these covers. But I do like this. Again, it's, you know, it's got the classic look. Indiana Jones, he, he's got his whip out. <laughs> um, under Indiana Jones, it says in the small text and the Dial of Destiny. The and the is in the white text, in a white color, and the Dial of Destiny is in a yellow. I like this. I, I like the look of it. It doesn't do too much, but it's... It's it, it does enough for Indiana Jones. I think it works well for this character. So yeah, I like this Blu-ray cover. I think it's a really decent cover. Uh, next, we move on to the 4K, standard 4K of this one. Now, this cover is it's very similar. He's a very different stance, though. It's a close-up shot more of Indiana Jones. He's front and center again. And the hat is kind of like, again, fading his face away. You know, you can't see his face, like a little shadow of his face. I know they do a lot of de-aging in this movie, where they do a young Indiana Jones. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see that. Uh, but it's a different type of background here. More of a yellowy background, very much like a shining light in some sort of device. Again, this must be this Dial of Destiny. We see a plane in the top left-hand corner. Uh, below that, you see Mads, Mikkelsen, Mad, Mads Mikkelsen's character, who is the villain of this movie, underneath Indiana Jones, and he's looking face-on at the camera. And then you see all the other supporting characters from the first case cover here. And um, it's, yeah, so it features this one like yellows and sort of dark colors at the top. And then it goes down to, it looks like Indiana Jones, and I think it's his goddaughter. Who is it? Is it Phoebe Waller Bridger or Bridge, something like that? She's like the supporting character in this movie to him. And they're in some sort of temple, and it goes to like a green, misty color. So it's like green, yellows to greens, this gradient. And then below Matt Mickelson's character, we have the classic text again, the Indiana Jones text. A bit smaller this time, but it, instead of it being Indiana Jones being. Jones being below the Indiana, it's all in one line, and then you have it, and the Dial of Destiny below that. Dial of Destiny works a bit bigger this time, and I think it works a bit better having that text, uh, the sub 
title for the movie a bit bigger. But yeah, I like this. I think it's a bit... Oh, let's see, compared to the first cover, I do... You know what I like? What I like about the first cover is he's doing that sort of classic pose where he's got the whip, and I do like that cover a bit more. But I do like the colours in this one. I think the colours pop a bit more in this one. I think the colours and the stance of the supporting characters work better. But for me, I've got to go with the standard Blu-ray so far. I just love the stance of Indiana Jones. It's just a classic stance here. It kind of just—it could be anyone. It could be like the Undertaker. <laughs> it could be the Undertaker. He's got his Stetson hat on. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with the Blu-ray so far. I think it works as a better cover for this movie. Uh, finally, we go to the steelbook of this movie. Um, this one it is very simple. Not much going on color-wise. So you got it's like a map of the world, all the different locations he's going. A compass. This compass looks like it could be the Dial of Destiny. This device. Indiana Jones's whip and his hat all sitting on top of each other. Close-up shot. And then in very small text, we have the classic Indiana Jones uh, title and a Dial of Destiny below that. Very, very small at the top middle section of the screen again there's no phase no different colors featured in the background very simple background and simple look this one i think it's a nice looking cover i'll be honest with you. i think it's it's nice because they've went for all the ingredients of what makes indiana jones you know the whip of the hat maps of the world and I, I like that but i think the fact that it's a shame they've not featured indiana jones harrison ford on the front cover here because it's a significant part he is indiana jones so for me, it's a bit of a shame that he's not featured. So for me, the winner of Case Cover Collision today has got to be the Blu-ray cover. I think it's a great looking cover. Classic pose. I think it just works for this movie. I think it's a great cover. Great use of the characters. I really like it. Uh, so that is the winner of this, of this edition of Case Cover Collision, the Blu-ray cover. Now, let's move on to the next segment of today's show. The Amazon Top 10 is approaching. Prepare yourself. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, the Amazon Top 10 has arrived. The Amazon Top 10. Each and every week I give you the Amazon Top 10 for Amazon.co.uk for 4K, Blu-ray and DVD sales. Let's look at the best sellers list for this week, ladies and gents. So first of all, we have at number 10, we have The Crown Season 5 on DVD. At number 9, we have Oppenheimer on Blu-ray. At uh, number eight, we have the Super Mario Bros. on DVD. At uh, number seven, we have Oppenheimer on DVD. Oppenheimer is is uh, taking over the charts a bit this week. That's at number seven. Uh, at number six, we have Meg 2, The Trench on DVD. At uh, number five, we have Oppenheimer, the Amazon exclusive steelbook 4K at number five. At uh, number four, we have Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1 on DVD. At number three, we have Doctor Who 60th Anniversary Specials on Blu-ray. At number two, we have Barbie on DVD. And at number one, this week, it is the Doctor Who 60th Anniversary Specials Steelbook on DVD. 
That is the Amazon top 10 for this week, ladies and gents. Now, let's move on to the final segment of today's show. And the final segment of today's show is not-so-worthy blockbuster housekeeping. This is the part of the show where I discuss what's going on with the channel, what's going on with pod- the podcast, what's going on in Movie Cheer Town. It's just a general chit-chat at the end of the show where I ease out of the show and talk about what's going on in Movie Cheer Town. So first of all, uh, let's talk about some comments on the channel uh, over this past week or so. Uh, first of all, I want to talk about a, cha- uh, a comment on the PS5 Ultimate Media Machine with Dormy Atmos Quick Topics episode. And we have a comment from Simon from Shortbox Sharks. Uh, Simon has been on the channel before. He's a top guy. He's got a great channel, great podcast going on there, talking talking about comics. And he's got a really cool Insta- Instagram as well, Simon. So uh, check him out. He's a cool dude. Um, he put a comment on there, 100% agree, 90s movies are the best. Love Connor and True Lies too. Yeah. So I, I completely agree. Both of their movies are awesome movies. Mate, 90s is one of the best areas. One of my favorite areas for movies. I love it, mate. Uh, thank you for commenting, buddy. Um, another comment here we have on the Should You Buy a DVD Player in 2023 video. We have it from Stuart O'Brien, 78. Um, what happened with the movie Artemis Fowl? It got canned by Disney and it was never released on physical media. I remember that movie. I've not watched it, but I remember it was, I think it's like a book series. Uh, so I don't know if if, if is is it still on like Disney Plus or did it did it kind of uh, has it been totally taken off? Because I know like a, that Willow sequel TV show that got pulled off Disney Plus. It's surreal that they make these big productions. It's obviously some sort of write off they do and you know to get money back. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, that's that's a weird one, Stuart. I, I think it is. It's crazy the way they do it, mate. I, I don't get it. I don't understand why they do it. Um, obviously, it's, it must be financial. But it's a shame if you, it's a movie you enjoy. Uh, personally, I've never watched that movie. I have no um, fandom for that movie. But if you do like a movie, it's a shame if that's the case. But yeah, great comment, buddy. Great comment. Uh, next up, we have a comment from Beard78748. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's cool, cool name. Uh, there are so many movies that are only on DVD. So many independent, independent films will only be, re- only be released on DVD. Yeah, I think that is the case you know independent films it's very rare that you'd get blu-ray 4k releases unless they had a really big cut like following behind them and yeah a lot of movies will just get lost in time and lost on on the dvd genre but that is not to say for me that is why dvd is so great because it is a genre that it's still got a big appeal and, you know, you're getting a lot of independent films that only get released on DVD. They only get that treatment. So that's why DVD is such a, a great um, format still this day and age. I think it's still a genre, a format that's over 20 years old, still relevant. I don't see it going away anytime soon. Um, it holds up the quality, unlike the likes of VHS. So for me, it's still a great, you know, I, I'm I am an advocate of DVD. I think it's a great format. Uh, so is movie, Mr. Movie Cheer as well. We, but that's what something we both have in common. We both like DVD. So yeah, some great comments there from uh, the community of Movie Cheer Town. 
Uh, let's talk about something coming up this past uh, this coming week on Monday on the Patreon. Uh, Patreon, if you want to become a Patreon member, uh, it's $1 a month and you get bonus podcasts, bonus videos. I put a, out a new piece of bonus content every month, the last Monday of the month. And I've got a really good video coming up from Mr. Movie Cheer called Movie Mag Probe Files. Uh, something that he's had planned for a while now where he takes a movie magazine and goes through it in depth, in detail and sort of like discusses all the different things about it and it's a 30 minute episode he said it's really good and that's coming up this coming monday if you want to become a patreon member check it out you can become a member for a month watch all the content you want and then leave it's entirely up to you um if it's there if you want to be an extra slice of movie chair basically uh what else has been going on well first of all i want to say Big thank you to, first of all, the Movie Cheer Town community as always. This community, for me, is fantastic. I know Movie Cheer absolutely loves doing this podcast every single week and he just enjoys the community aspect of you know talking about movies and discussing movies with other people who are big fans of movies. Um, it is, there's been a, a sudden, like a massive amount of subscribers recently. Uh, I don't know whether it's if it's bots or it is real people, uh, but there's been a massive amount of subscribers on the channel. So a big thank you, a big welcome to all our new subscribers. And as always, a big thank you to everyone who's been a subscriber for so long already. Um, it's great. We're getting very close at 1K, 1,000 subscriber uh, milestone. I know it's, it's only a number, but I think it's a really cool number to get to um, for doing this channel. I know Movie Cheer really puts a lot into this and he really enjoys it and he appreciates you know, people in this community really does. Um, so it's, look, this community doesn't work without everyone else. Uh, everyone who's who's collaborated with Movie Cheer, everyone who has uh, commented, it doesn't work without any without all of you. So it is a community and he is very happy about, you know, getting closer to that mark. Personally, me, I'm the ghoulish mean cheer. I couldn't care less. But he said thank you. And uh, what else is coming up? What else is not so worthy blockbuster housekeeping? Uh, the vlog last week, Movie Cheer went to the Liverpool Comic Con and did a bit of a movie vlog. He has told me that he is considering doing more of these sort of vlog type videos moving forward. Um, visiting maybe, you know, charity shops, movie museums, uh, meeting up with other channels, other or, or people who are in the community and doing movie movie trips or whatever. Um, let us know if there's any certain sites in the UK you'd like to see Movie Cheer go to. Um, but yeah, I know he's got plans. He's he's thinking about doing a few more of these because he enjoyed doing it and it's something different for the channel as well. But yeah, that video's done really well and I, I love the interaction um, with Movie Cheer on that video. But anyway, ladies and gents, that is it for the Halloween special 2023. Uh, it's been a fun episode to do. I'm glad that Movie Cheer has given me the mic. He's given me the chance. He didn't have much choice. I I, <laughs> I gagged him up and I put him in the dark room. This the room to the to the left of me here. He's uh he's sitting on the toilet now, um, tied up, and he had no choice. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He he gave me permission. He said I'm okay to do it. I've enjoyed it. I love Halloween. I love celebrating. I love watching Halloween movies. And it has been a, a joy to present the Movie Cheer podcast today on Halloween for the Halloween special. So uh, I know Movie Cheer would say thank you to all you ladies and gents. I will say thank you to me, the ghoulish mean cheer, for being the host today. I think I deserve, I deserve the thank yous, not, not the audience. Movie Cheer would thank you, but I'm mean cheer 
mean chair doesn't hang on the elixir. I am mean chair. Oh, the elixir, the elixir is wearing off. I am the ghoulish mean chair, ladies and gents. It has been good to experience this episode with you all. Ha ha ha! But now it is time for it to end. Remember to spread a bit of Halloween cheer. For I and the ghoulish mean cheer have a great Halloween. And I will see you next year or maybe very soon. Whoa ha ha ha!